So, uh, as Dad mentioned, uh, I have I quit my job full time. I'm I'm still helping Tom um, out with PMI on a part time basis, and uh, but yeah, we I've quit my job and going full time with Kingdom Outdoors. We're excited about that. All kinds of things in the works, and because of some of the developments that have happened with Kingdom Outdoors, that's kind of what led to um, what I'm going to be sharing today. You know, I've got. I feel like the Lord has put so many things in my mind, in my heart in the last few weeks. And so it was like when I was trying to prepare to, to speak here, it was like someone put me in a circle room and told me to sit in the corner. Like I really, I was like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about because I had, to, it wasn't because I didn't have anything to talk about. It was because I had too much to talk about. So um, I do, I, ha- I have been diagnosed with ADD. So if I skip around a little bit, then I'm sorry. I apologize ahead of time. We're just going to see where the Holy Spirit takes us. I do have a little bit of a plan, so um, hopefully uh, we'll, I'll be able to stay on track. So bear with me. Um, you know, as, I was, as, as I've been doing stuff with Kingdom Outdoors recently, I had someone ask, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you what I'm trying to do. So we're trying to take a team to, to Japan through Kingdom Outdoors to meet up with JP and Katie to do archery ministry in, in Japan. And so I contact CenterShot. I talked to the president of CenterShot, which is the archery ministry that we've kind of been connected with um, through Kingdom Outdoors. And he, long story short, he's wanting there to be, we are both wanting there to be a, a deep partnership between CenterShot and Kingdom Outdoors and specifically focusing in Asia. Um, and uh, I'll talk more about that later. But what happened was he asked me to to send him kind of my testimony, my story, um, and so I started trying to work on that. And it was y'all, it was an eye opening experience. You know, I've shared my testimony before, but I've never really, I've never really sat down and tried to write out my story and and try to to someone who has never met me, doesn't know me, define kind of what has got me to where I am today. And so as I started to do that, it was actually a really good exercise, and I encourage everybody to sit down and, and try and write their, their, their story, their testimony. Not just about how you became a Christian, but just kind of why you are, who you are, the way you are. Why you are the way you are. Um, <clears throat> so as I was doing that, uh, I just had a squirrel moment, sorry. <clears throat> um, as I was doing that, I started to find some things out about myself. And, and things that I may have kind of already known, but I didn't really, couldn't put my finger on. And, uh, you know, in, my, in the thing that I wrote the guy, I don't have like a Damascus Road experience testimony. It wasn't like I'm, you know, it would be cool to be knocked off a donkey and blind for a little while, but I, it didn't happen to me. Um, my, I, I grew up, you know my family. I grew up in a Christian, not just my parents, not not just some of my grandparents, both sets of grandparents, multiple aunts and uncles, multiple cousins. I'm thinking, I'm looking at Becky and Robert right there. That's two right there that were with YWAM that did ministry that have been in missions. There's so many people in my family that have been involved in expanding the kingdom. And so I come from a rich heritage of that. I've been blessed to have that heritage of a family that seeks him first, seeks his kingdom first. We're not all perfect. Um, 
we do, we do have our, our things that have, have caused problems for each one of us, and, but that's just part of our journey, and it's part of what God, how God uses us, right? But I do have a rich heritage. So I was blessed at a young age to know who Jesus was. I, I, I don't remember this, but I was, I've been told that even when I was just learning to talk that I was already, actually I do know it, I don't remember it, but we, there is a, we have a audio proof of it, of being like two or three year old, years old and already quoting scripture. So my parents were already helping me to hide his word in my heart, even at a young age. And um, so, yeah, I don't have this, this Damascus Road experience testimony I was brought up in church. I was brought up around ministry, and I am thankful for that. I grew up overseas, China, when I was uh, about six years old, then um, came back to the States for a little while, then we were in England, and uh, then back to, China, or back to Asia in Thailand, and I, that's kind of where things really start. I, I, well, let me, let me backtrack. I was about seven or eight years old, and I came... We were back in the States. I'm not sure if it was just for a period of time or, or if it was just for a short period of time or if it was for one of our more extended stays. But we were back in the States, and I, we went to an FCA conference. I think it was in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, I was, yeah, see, Arkansas. That's where my in-laws are from, my beautiful wife, Arkansas. Um, so we're in Arkansas, and... In the hotel or in the room there at the conference center is where I really, it became my own relationship with the Lord. I asked Jesus into my heart. That is where it didn't, it was no longer, though I knew, I, I believed all of it. I knew it was all true. I, I understood it. I had seen God moving and God using my parents. I had seen him using other. I, I knew God was real. I believed it all. But it was there when I was about seven years old that I asked and I, I say that I really began to have my own personal relationship with Jesus. So, seven years old is when it happened. So, super young, right? Um, fast forward to Thailand, 12, 13 when we moved there. And I'm, very, I, I, I'm involved. When you're on the mission field, you, the body of Christ is completely different. It looks totally different than what it looks like here. Completely different. I believe that when you're on the mission field, what you experience as the body of Christ in that area is more like what we are reading about when we hear Paul, read Paul's letters and, and we're looking in the Bible. I believe that is more like what it's supposed to be like because you have some of the most charismatic people worshiping in the same place as some of the most non-charismatic people, and they all get along. Yeah, there's, there's some disagreements and there's some personality things, and you have conflicts on the mission field, don't get me wrong, but you still are able to come together, lay your differences aside, and focus on the cross, focus on Jesus, what Jake was leading us in, in, in this morning, focus on him, and, and be the body of Christ. I can't think of the reference, um, I and them, yeah, they and me, something about, how's it go? Yep. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be like, right? And so that's what I experienced when I was in Thailand. That's what I experienced from 12 years old all the way till about 
I was 17 when I graduated high school. So I experienced that type of atmosphere, that type of church was something I looked forward to because it was that. I experienced the body of Christ in an awesome way in Thailand. And I'm so thankful for that. And I was involved, I was, I was super involved in, in um, leadership with the high school students, with my peers. We, we started our Bible study called B21, Bereans 21, because the Bereans were all about studying and the Word. And so that's what we wanted to get into. We wanted to study the Word. We wanted to know God and know His Word. And, and so, you know, that's what I came from. So I graduate from high school, come back to the States. And remember now, I have grown up overseas my entire life, basically. And I get back to the States, and in my mind, America was this land of milk and honey, you know? I was so proud to be an American growing up overseas. I, I was so proud, so proud that all I wanted to do was join the military when I came home. I, wanted, I, I remember being in Thailand when 9-11 happened, and I was so just enraged, and I oh, couldn't wait to join the military. I already wanted to, and that just lit even more of a fire. So I loved America. Still do. Still love America. Um, but I, I had this picture of what America was like, especially what the American church was, was, should be like or would be like. And boy, did I have another thing coming when I came home. Because it was not like what I grew up with. There was division. It, I didn't see the unity. I didn't see a hunger we had so much access to the Bible and to everything when I came home or came back to the States. But there, people, they didn't care. They took it for granted. They would just come because they had to come. And maybe that's part of being and living in the Bible Belt. I don't know. But all I know is it made me sick at my stomach. I couldn't stand going to church. It I, ugh, drove me crazy. Because it was not what church was supposed to be like in my mind. And um, so I start getting involved in, uh, in youth ministry stuff back here, kind of in an in a intern type way at a local church. And, um, and I'm still just, I get frustrated all the time thinking and seeing how the kids are doing. And then the rest of my family ends up being involved at that same church. And we start seeing God move because we had tasted, and it's nothing about us. It's just that we had tasted what it was like on the mission field. We had seen what it was like when people came together as the body of Christ, not as the Baptist church, the Methodist church, the Presbyterian church, whatever church, the non-denominational church, but the body of Christ. We saw what that was like. We experienced it. And so... We start getting involved um, more, and, and we start seeing God doing some amazing things as we start encouraging this city to come together as the body of Christ and focusing on the cross. And we start having the loading zone, and, and all kinds of stuff is happening. The youth are leading in revival, or in revival in Starkville, as the body of Christ is coming together in the youth. And man, it, I got so fired up. It, I, it was just awesome. We were seeing hundreds of people saved. We were seeing, taking mission trips, multiple mission trips here in the States, overseas. Every year, I was leading out in it. I was the program coordinator for, um, for the loading zone. I mean, we were seeing God do some awesome things during that time. The loading zone was 
20 churches coming together, we'd have anywhere from two to 300, sometimes even more kids there on uh, Saturday nights. Awesome times. And it wasn't one church. Well, it was one church. It was the church. Right? It was how it was supposed to be. And uh, as we started doing that, you know, there were some, I still, don't, I still don't even understand it all. I really don't. But some folks didn't like it. They didn't like that. Because they wanted, they, they were losing that, that control, I think. There were, I don't know what all the reasons behind it were, but folks wanted to have their youth more line up with their denominational uh, doctrine, their how they thought, and, and these folks wanted their youth to line up more with the way they thought, and these folks wanted their youth to line up with more the way they thought. And so before too long, uh, the reins were pulled in, and, and the whole thing just crumbled because people, broken people, it wasn't people. Our, ba- our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Um, but Satan used people to tear apart the unity that had happened. And let me tell you, that, that, it shook me a lot. It hurt me a lot. I, there was a lot of pain. I didn't realize until I was writing this story how much pain there really was there because of what happened during that time in my life. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I said I didn't have a Damascus Road experience that led me to Christ. I had, I didn't have a Damascus Road type experience. I know this is, that's not a thing, but I started kind of not, I guess, straying away. Not straying away, I don't know any other way to put it, but I was not focusing. I didn't seek his kingdom first for a period of time. And it wasn't like just a night and day thing where it was like, I'm the program coordinator for New Horizons, and now I'm the drummer for a band getting drunk every Friday night, Thursday night, and playing in bars all around town and not living the lifestyle that I was living. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an instant thing. Over a period of time, I started lowering my standards. I started lowering my guard. I started not, I don't really know what happened. Honestly, I don't. But my heart, my focus, I was no longer seeking his kingdom first. I do know that there had to have been a shift. That's the only explanation there. There had to have been a shift in my heart. And whatever, for whatever reason, I'm not trying to make excuses. Yes, there was brokenness there. Yes, there was hurt there. But the fact is, I should have been able to let the Lord deal with that pain and that hurt in my life from what the church, not, not like the church like we're supposed to be the church, but what the church in the bad sense had done to me. The pain and the hurt there, I should have allowed the Lord to work in my life to help me to, to take that and use it to seek Him, but I didn't. Instead, I started lowering my standards. I, I, I got into not very good relationship um, and like you already told you, I, I got into a pretty bad place. I still came to church every Sunday, still here. And you know, recently, I, I think last time I preached, I, I, I talked about in Second uh, Thessalonians, I think it was chapter two, about being idle and being a contributing uh, member to the body of Christ. 
I put the, the Spartan, is it, everybody remember? I put the, the video of the 300 up there, and I, I said that our identity isn't in our job. Our identity shouldn't be in what we're doing and, and all that stuff, but our identity is as a member of the body of Christ. And like it, he's, I put the, the clip up there of 300, and um, it's when they're about to go out to the hot gates, and um, the other folks come in, and they're, like, wanting to go fight with Leonidas and, and the, the Spartans. And they say, you know, they got a bunch of folks, and they're mad at Leonidas because they're like, we thought you would have brought more soldiers. And he's like, my friend. <laughs> he's like, hey, what, do you, what is your profession? And the dude's like, oh, I'm a potter. And the other guy's like, oh, I'm a farmer. And this guy's like, you know, they all have these non-military warrior professions and then he like he kind of laughs and he's like Sparta what is your profession and they just blah, 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 you know <laughs> love that clip um, but I, I talked about all that and I said that, that we should be like that it's not about when someone asks us hey what's your profession it's not, it's not well I um, I do whatever I, it's not I'm a marketing coordinator for this company it's, I am a son of the Most High God. I am a son of the King. I'm a co-heir with Christ. And, and, and when we have that identity, then we are contributing members. We are part of that. Because the fact of the matter is, the Spartans, they had to grow food. They had to do other stuff. But their identity was a soldier. Their identity was a warrior. And that's who we are. Though we may be doing other stuff, our identity is a member of the body of Christ, Right? So that's what I talked about last time. It's something that the Lord has been well and it's just been working in me is being contributing members to the body of Christ. That's what's led, Dad talked about it earlier, the involvement that I'm, I'm, I'm having, why I'm pouring myself into New Horizons more is because I know that that's what God has called us to do. Where I shared in Thessalonians, it talked about not being idle, not work, running around like a busybody and meddling and all this other stuff. It, it talked about being a, valid, uh, a valuable, contributing member to the body of Christ. And so that's what I'm, I'm striving to do. And, and for whatever reason, I feel like the Lord is putting that in my heart for our body. One, you know, as I think about my, my testimony, my story, you know, I, I share with y'all what, what, the, what the body of Christ in Thailand, how it positively affected me, right? And I also shared how not so good situation negatively affected me. I think that that message is something for us as a congregation. We have the opportunity to positively or negatively affect people that come to those doors. So us as a congregation, if we are seeking his kingdom first, if we are all contributing members to the body of Christ here, then we have an opportunity, and we're coming together in unity, and we have an opportunity to positively impact people in the same way that the body of Christ in Chiang Mai, Thailand positively impacted me. We have that opportunity. And I think we do an amazing job of it here at New Horizons. Don't hear me saying we don't. I, I see us corporately doing an amazing job. I even, and I see many individuals doing an amazing job. Dad talked about Mark. Mark, you are pouring yourself into this fellowship. You are pouring yourself into relationships. You are pouring yourself into it. I see it and I appreciate it. You helped us move the other day. I didn't ask you to. You just showed up and did it. That is being, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on anybody that didn't come, but y'all, you know, we did move. I'm just kidding. Um, no, thank you, Mark. You are. You're pouring yourself into it. 
Jake, you do the same thing. You have a wife, kids, a job at the vet school. I just spilled the beans. We talked about that the other day. Sorry, now people are going to ask you about how to deal with their dogs. Uh, you have this full-time, you have a full-time position at the vet school, but you pour yourself into this church. Not just the worship ministry side of things, but you pour yourself into the lives of each person on the worship team, and you pour yourself into the lives of the people in this, in this body. I could do that for so many of us. So don't hear this, you know, as me saying, well, don't, I don't want you to leave here being like, well, Josiah says we're, our church is not doing no, we're doing a great job of it, but I think we can do even better, right? Yeah. And, and it's something for us to look out for to make sure that we don't fall into. Yeah. We don't want to be known as just a non-denominational church or interdenominational church. Or I, I just want to be known as the body of Christ, the part of the body of Christ in Starkville. Yes. So how do we do that? What, what is our responsibility as individuals? It's not about just coming to church. It is about coming to church. Hebrews 10, 24 or 25, I think. Yeah, it's either 24 or 25, Hebrews 10. Uh, don't forsake the fellowship. Here, I think I've got it. I think I've got it right here. What is it? 10, 25? I've got plenty of time. It's only 10, 25. Somebody read that. Y'all got it? Oh, there we go. Not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, our church, our New Horizons is different because we're constantly sending folks out. There's always people out. So I get it. We don't ever know when we're going to have the same crowd here at this church. Because we have so many people going out doing ministry elsewhere. And that's an awesome thing to have. That excites me. But at the same time, we do need to make it a priority to be here. The Bible says it. That's not coming from me. That's not coming from church, an elder. That's the Bible. It says don't do it. Don't forsake it as some habitually do. You know, there's always going to be an excuse to not be here. It's super easy to find an excuse to not be here. It's super easy to find an excuse of, you know, ah, this Sunday, I'm just... And you know, I think it's... There was a period of time, and maybe there's a lot of people that have been hurt by the church, and so that's why this movement happened. But people are like, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And that's right, you don't. Dad says it all the time. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian anymore. McDonald's, going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It's right. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Okay? I agree. But we've taken it to the other extreme now. And we tend to say, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a co-heir with Christ. I, all those things. We, we got our identity right. But then we just like, so, you know what? I don't feel like going to church today. I'm not going. And we don't set it as a priority. Because we have taken away the significance of church. Does that make sense? Am I on track? I need some, like, feedback here. Y'all talk to me. At least give me, like, an amen or something. We've taken away the, 
We've taken away the sense of community. And a lot of it is because of brokenness, because of the brokenness of the church. But we have taken away, we don't set coming to church, going to church as a priority. And so we, anytime those excuses come, we, it is very easy to, to not go. We may even say, well, you know, I just, I'm looking for a church because, I, well, I don't, I'm not really getting anything out of this one. And so I want to go to this church because I want to get something out of this. Or, you know, I like the worship at that church, but I just didn't really feel welcome or, you know, nobody shook my hand. You know, they, we can make all kinds of excuses as why not to go to a church, right? That's why so many people church hop all the time. But it's not about the building. It's about you setting a priority of I'm going to be at church. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be there. No, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. I went to church every Sunday. I played the drums in the worship band after being in a bar Saturday night, getting sloshed, and playing the drums. So going to church, you could be present physically, but still be absent. Let me say that again. You could be present physically, but still be absent. There may be people that come to church and still are absent. There may be people that come to church and they don't even know the Lord. And they maybe even look like they do know the Lord, but they don't. You can be present physically, but be still absent. I did it for quite a while. If it wasn't for, I don't, I can't tell you a specific thing that occurred to make me um, get my head back on straight. But, and, it, and like I said, this wasn't an instantaneous thing where I just all of a sudden was living in the world. It was a gradual thing. That I've just, I started letting my, I started not focusing. Though I was coming to church and, and putting on the good show, I wasn't focusing. I wasn't reading the Bible. I wasn't doing the things that I had been doing. And I was opening myself up to attacks. And then I would put myself in situations where I would have to flee from temptation. And I was, instead of fleeing, I was getting closer to the line and I started making dumb decisions and doing stupid things. And next thing I know, I'm still coming to church every Sunday, still playing the drums and still being involved in things. But I am not, I am that Christian that I couldn't stand when I first moved back to the States. I am worse off than the lost person because I'm out I'm I'm going to church on Sunday and doing all that stuff. I'm I'm the exact person that I never wanted to be. Now I wouldn't go out and tell people you shouldn't do that and then go do the same thing. I just wouldn't talk to people about it. I'd I'd come to church and do stuff, but once outside I would not tell anybody anything about anything. Because I just was I didn't look any different than them. I didn't try to change them. I just kept living my life. And if it wasn't one of the things I think, one of the catalysts that kind of helped me get my head back on straight was, was Jake. He sat me down and gave me a good talking to. Thank you, Jake. You dork. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but hey, look, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be like. We walk around Walking on eggshells sometimes, not wanting to confront our brothers and sisters. Not wanting to promote concern about one another in order to promote love and good works. Jake was concerned about me. 
and it promote, he promoted love and good works. It's not about works, but he promoted that out of, he, he drew that out of me because he had a concern about me. And yes, I was, I was a little annoyed when he first sat me down, not so much at him, the whole, that's a whole other story, but sometimes we are so sensitive, overly sensitive, that if someone brings correction to us, we're, we shut them out. No, I don't want to hear that. We shut them out. And we sometimes may even go, go somewhere else because we don't want to have to deal with that problem. So there's two, two things that need to happen. One, we need to be open to correction. Okay? We need to be open to correction. Part of that is that we need to be in relation. The one reason that it didn't, uh, wasn't a negative thing was because I had relationship with Jake. Jake had relationship with me. This is before Jake was my brother-in-law. We were friends. We did life together. We fished together. We hung out. We camped. We did stuff together. Jake had a relationship with me. When you have relationship with people, then it's a lot easier for them to swallow that pill when you do have correction or you do have challenge and you're promoting that work. So we as a body of believers, we need to be promoting that out of each other. We need to be concerned about each other. I think it's an Acts that says that they devoted themselves. Hold on, I got this one. I, I know I've got this scripture because I love it. I've got it. It's just going to take me a second to find it. Hold on. Thank you, Sandy. That's my mother-in-law. We actually get along. Unlike, you know, a lot of times people, are, they don't get along with their mother-in-law, but I actually get along with mine. I act like I don't just to mess with her. Jake is the bad son-in-law. He put pickle juice in her coffee yesterday. And then let me take the blame for it, and I wasn't even there to defend myself. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a sit-down talk, have a come-to-Jesus meeting, Jake. Acts 2.42, I believe. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They devoted themselves. I think, it, Tim, didn't you give me, tell me like the word, the word there for devoted? It's like even more significant than just our word for devoted. It's what you do to a burnt sacrifice. It's what you what? It's what you do to a burnt sacrifice. You devote it. It's what you do to a burnt sacrifice. You devote it. So it's like, it's not just like, you know, I'm going to give it to this. It's, you're giving it to it, right? It's a, a all caps exclamation point with some kind of emoji or something. <laughs> they devoted themselves to it. So that's how we need to be living our life, devoting ourselves to each other. And as we do that, then you can call the good out of people. Because guess what? Jake did that, and then other things started happening in my life. I started reading the Bible again, and I started focusing on it. And this was over a period of time. It wasn't instantaneous. I, one thing that very quickly quit was I got out of the band that I was in and quit playing in the bars and, and doing all that stuff. But it was still, it was a progression. It wasn't instant. But what I'm getting at is, one, we got to be here. We got to be here on Sundays. We got to be here. Both physically and emotionally and, and mentally, we've got to be here. It's more than just sitting in the seat. It's more than just being involved in, in stuff. Because you remember in Thessalonians, I, 
my last message? I'm preaching a series and I didn't even know it. But in Thessalonians 2 that I talked about last, it talked about the busybodies. You know? So you may be super busy doing things in the church, but still be idle. Just like you may be present, but still be absent. That was good. Somebody write that one down. I can't remember it. I hope y'all listen good so you can tell Mark so he can write that note down because that was a good one. No, you may, let me see if I can remember it. Uh, so you, there you go. Thank you for paying attention. All y'all fail. <laughs> Carrie, you get a gold star. But that's, you know, Jake did that with me, called me out of it. I started to move out of that. And, you know, um, over, over periods of years, there was an instant change. I didn't go up front and rededicate my life to the Lord. It wasn't any of that type of a thing. The whole time, I still believe, if you asked me, I would have said, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I knew God was real. I knew, I saw him work in my life as a kid, as a, a young adult. I saw him working in other people. I knew how real God was, and I even knew my identity in Christ. I knew all that stuff, but I wasn't living like it. And so it wasn't like there was, there was like a change that took me to the bad place and an instant change that took me to the good thing. There was just kind of a series of events that started, God started drawing me back to himself. And my heart, I had that seeker's heart because I was miserable inside. And I started seeking him. So I want to challenge us. There may be someone here. There may be someone here. And statistically, I don't know, our church is pretty weird, so it's probably, I hate saying statistics, you know, people are like, well, statistically in a church, there's probably X number of people that are actually not saved. Well, I, 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 someone came here one time and said that, and I was like, you don't know our church. <laughs> um, but it is possible, it is possible that there is someone in here that does not have that relationship with the Lord. And maybe, maybe you've been in church for a long time. Maybe you've been involved in, in ministry for a long time, but you don't have that. So I want to challenge you, don't leave here without having it. But there may be someone here that's like me that grew up in the church, that, or maybe didn't grow up in the church, whatever the story is, that is here physically, but may not be here, really be here. And so don't leave here, today that's a lot of here's in a row, don't leave here without taking some type of step. This is Jake talk this is this is this is that situation of when Jake talked to me, this is I'm I'm talking to you. Don't leave here without making sure that you are aligning your focus on him. That you are seeking him first, putting his kingdom first. And you may know all the answers, you may know God and all that stuff, but just not walking it out. And I just want to challenge you. Man, when I started, when things started changing my life, God started doing amazing things. I met my wife, Monica. Y'all, give her a round of applause. She's thinking awesome. I mean, have you seen her? Um, three amazing kids. Job. 
all kinds of things that God has been just lavishing on me. And there's been hardships. There's been struggles with Mon- for Monica and I. We've had, had different things that have come in our lives. You know, it's not always perfect. We've gone through suffering, but we're focused on the kingdom, and so none of that matters, right? So don't leave here today. I guess I'm sorry because this is my ADD. I, I know I jumped around a lot, but I'll try and bring it back because I know I'm almost out of time. I think there's two things that we could apply here. One is for us corporately as, as, as New Horizons, okay? And that's what I talked about in the beginning. We don't want to be, we want to be like the church that's in the Bible that Paul's talking to. We don't, we do want to be like the church that you often experience when you're on the mission field. We want to be like how we are striving to be like. I think we do a really good job of it. Again, I want to make sure I put that disclaimer out there. We want to be like that. We don't want to be like what I experienced when I first came back and then experienced a little bit later on in life, okay? So that's one thing. That's one takeaway. The other takeaway is for us as individuals. We want to devote ourselves to each other, devote ourselves to caring for each other, sharing in one another's burdens, and loving on each other as kingdom family. The only way you can do that is to be around each other. I'm sorry. I know we live in a world where you can talk to people. People don't, do you know, I heard on the radio, people don't make phone calls anymore. They, they just text. They're, like, people don't talk on the phone as much anymore. We are getting less and less intimate. The only way you can get intimate, the only way you can build a relationship is to be in proximity to each other. You got to have fellowship with each other. If you don't have that, then you don't have a relationship. So then when you tell someone that they're doing something wrong, they're going to get mad at you and then relationships break and then problems happen and it's bad stuff. So the only way to avoid that and to act like the body of Christ that we're supposed to be is to have a relationship with each other. The only way to do that is to be around each other. So come to church on Sundays. Come to other things on other days. No, it doesn't. It's not. I'm not being legalistic. I'm none of that stuff. But it's just you. You got to do it. You got to. The other thing is make sure. The other takeaway is make sure you you have that relationship with the Lord. And the other one is don't be present physically. Don't just come to church. Be the church. So be present. In reality, you know, make sure that you don't be like I was whenever I went through my, my phase. I really don't know how to, how to end it. I, I, okay, hold on one second. I'm going to make sure there's nothing else I need. I got two minutes left. Um, you just like your mother. <laughs> Don't be afraid to say something to someone that secretly just says. Yep. Don't be afraid to do like what Jake did. Say it. Yes, ma'am.
Yes. Did everybody on this side of the room hear that? Read it to me. Oh, yeah. But if you're a Christian, you do something different than what the demons do. Yep. There, it's not about works, but there, there should be something visible there. It's more than just the, the believing. I will ask that y'all be praying for, for Monica and I as we go in. You know, This is our first full month. Yeah, so I guess April was our first month of not being full time, and you know there 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 are some. It's not really a challenge. I mean, it is, but that's there's some questions. Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I'll figure it out. Um, It isn't easy. It's a little scary being in this type of, of position. So y'all be praying for us just as we go into this and step into it. Um, yeah, it's taking a lot of faith. We, did, we sold our house. Um, we're about to be in a garage. You know, it's like in Mississippi, we don't often have basements. Jake and Corey, get, they get a basement, but that's not very common here. And, you know, I'm basically I'm 33 years old and living in my mom's basement because the garage is equivalent to a basement. And I don't, I quit my job. I was, I'm excited. God's already opening doors, but it is scary. Um, so be praying for us in that. Pray for wisdom. Pray for guidance. Pray for discernment. Um, And if you have questions and stuff about what we're doing, then come see me. I'd love to talk to you about it. God is opening some, some doors um, for things for us to be doing in the next year to two years with Kingdom Outdoors and, and with New Horizons. I'm pouring myself in. Guys, I, I am taking this message is for me because it's what God has been putting in my heart, the, the importance of pouring yourself into the church. Um, You got something? Go ahead. I have such respect for this guy and for Monica for taking such a step of faith. Solely on the understanding that God's calling them to this. It don't make sense on any practical level. And I was thinking, uh, and I was thinking, what a great illustration of what he was talking about as far as being present in the church as the church. You know, before uh, before I met Nancy, uh, there there were a few other girls, but but it always it always sort of ended up really really lopsided, where I wanted to get serious and they wanted to be just friends. <laughs> It's so sad. Just, just friends. You know, I'm already planning how many children we're going to have together, and they're like, <laughs> just friends. 
And I see so many people who gather at a worship assembly. And Jesus is on one knee with a box with an engagement ring. And we're going, I'm just looking for a casual relationship, all right? We're just going to get what I can get out of this, and then I'm going to move down the road. Folks, he's proposing to you. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary to step into marriage. It's scary to step into that eternal wedding. But, oh, what a honeymoon. (laughs) Yeah. So, first of all, Josiah, thank you for that, for sharing your journey, and thank you for that word that we all got. But, you know, in that, that rough time in your life, you were there, and I'm thankful that you hung in there, that you kept coming. Uh, I have to say, I didn't, know, I didn't know the other stuff that was going on during that time. But as I read your testimony that you sent to center shot executives, you know, I was convicted that, uh, boy, there was a, some brokenness that came to you as a result of our experience in church. And it hurt me. It hurt me that you were hurt um, on behalf of what is known as the church. I'm asking you to forgive us for that pain. Okay. I say that to everybody here because we all bring a bit of garbage in with us. And it affects the way that we relate to each other. And God's wanting us to go deeper together. He's doing some awesome things through us, in us, and in this community. Folks from outside come here and they think, we've stumbled into a, a bed of revival. But God is wanting to take us deeper. So if there's brokenness that you've experienced by being around what we call the church, I think the word is, today's a good day to be healed. Times of refreshing. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent. Turn to the Lord so that times of refreshing might be experienced. Today. Right? So let's, let's respond that way today. I think every one of us we want to see what God's got for us in this season in the body of Christ. You guys are radical, every one of you, passionate. But let's say, God, if there's anything broken in me in regards to the church, and some of it may have even happened here, would you be open to the Lord bringing some healing to you today?